1: Kind of funny because I'm looking at you, Miss Skeena, and you have a very Rebecca of Sunnybrook farm look going on and he looks like a rocker from hell. So I'm I <laughs> i can I'm trying to imagine you at the concert and I'm having like a difficult time imagining it because you have such you have like a, a librarian look going on right now.
2: This is the plaintiff Robin Skeena. She says she loaned the defendant her former boyfriend money. And the louse won't pay her back now that they're not together. He owes her, and she's here suing him for every penny of the $1,615.12 she loaned him. This is the defendant, Michael Turgeon. He says he's a musician and he met the plaintiff at one of his shows. The plaintiff invested in his image for the band. He doesn't feel he owes this plaintiff any money. And she's gonna be upset she's not with him because he's gonna hit it big once COVID winds down. He's accused of letting a lady friend down.
3: All parties, please raise your right hands.
2: What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Million in our forum, the People's Court.
3: People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor.
1: Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Ms. Skeena, you and Mr. Turgeon were an item at one point, correct? Yes, that's correct. You dated from November 2019 to August 2020. How did you meet him?
4: We, uh, I met him at one of his uh, gigs. He is in a band.
1: Okay. And what's the name of the band, Mr. Turgeon?
5: Screaming Eagle Band.
1: Screaming Eagle Band. Um, You have some songs on Spotify, correct? Yes. I've listened and you guys are good. And it's kind of funny because I'm looking at you, Miss Skeena, and you have a very Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm look going on. And he looks like a rocker from hell. So I <laughs> I can't I'm trying to imagine you at the concert and I'm having like a difficult time imagining it because you have such you have like a, a librarian look going on right now. So let me ask you, Miss Skeena, what happened during the course of the relationship? Apparently you would front him money because I guess he needed it. Tell me about that.
4: Yes, correct. Uh, It started on November 26th. That was the first time that Michael asked to borrow money from me because he needed money to pay some bills. And I gave him check number 89 in the amount of $400. That was the first loan. Then the second uh, time that he needed money was December 8th. And that was to register his vehicle for $100. He was driving for Lyft and needed to prove to Lyft that uh, his vehicle was registered and he didn't have the funds to do that. Then we traveled to Florida. I already had a trip planned. He wasn't working and we traveled together. During that time frame, he asked to make seven purchases on my credit card. And uh, I have those listed, three three purchases for clothes, one for his business cards and two for hotels on his drive home, and one for meals while we, we were there. And each time that these were loans were made, it was always agreed that he would pay me back. Uh, that was verbal at first. Then he again borrowed money uh, in Florida on January 11th, $300 cash to drive home. Then the big, The big expense was on January 14th of 2020. That's when uh, Mike had texted me that he was in a lot of pain and I called him back to find out what was going on. And he was crying on the phone that his car was just repossessed. He didn't want to ask his mother for the money. So I said that I would help him. However, we are going to do a payback schedule for all of this money that he has been borrowing from me. So we did the payback schedule. I sent him an email and I sent the schedule on January 14th and he agreed in his email to that payback schedule.
1: Okay. And Uh, he did pay back a significant amount, right? But then what happened?
4: Yes, he paid back $2,300 and then... When uh, May 26th rolled around, I had not been receiving payments and we had had conversation between January and May 26th uh, that Mike was not working. I agreed to cut slack on the payback schedule, Um, however, I wrote up another one on May 26th and he agreed to that one also in an email. Can
1: I ask you a question? You guys weren't living together, correct? Correct. No. But you were dating and you dated all the way through when, August?
4: Yes, August uh, August 31st was our last communication.
1: And Mr. Turgeon, you guys, uh, were you not performing because of COVID, like you, you weren't working at all? Or did you take a different job in order to make ends meet?
5: I, I had a few little jobs in between, um, but basically the music was my full-time job. And when COVID hit, of course, everything, the musically, um, pretty much stopped. I did maybe about two shows a month outdoors while it was feasible in Connecticut um, because of weather. But, at, you know, after a certain, month, a certain date, you, there's no shows to be done outside. It's too cold. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I don't believe I asked her. I mean, I might have asked her once, but she offered to help me. And I thought, you know, I appreciated Well, either appreciated way, though, you're not much.
1: saying these were gifts. You agree that these were loans, right?
5: Yes, they were loans. Um, verbally, I, I, you know, cause I, look, I'm not an executive like she is, and uh, paperwork isn't my thing, and uh, it's a lesson to be learned to uh, make sure that, I, you know, I get my papers done right, too. But um, verbally, I had agreed to, to pay her back on, on the premises that I had shows because um, I, was, I wasn't working. I didn't have a job. I mean, my job was... What
1: instrument do you play? Do you are, do you play an instrument or are you the singer?
5: No, unfortunately, I don't play an instrument. I'm the singer.
1: You're the <laughs> singer. All right. But you do have jobs now. According to her, you've been working a lot more since October. You've had lots of gigs since October. Is that true or not true?
5: Yes, I am working right now. I purchased a, her former, the condo she used to own. Um, and uh, to her? get closer to her. But Yeah, from her, yeah. And... Um, since I've had the condo, I mean, I was on unemployment for about six months. I ended up getting the extension, but I was I was collecting $190 a week. That is it. Okay. Now I just, after six months of collecting $190 a week, now, you know, and backing off with COVID, uh, taking some of these payments and putting them on arrearage and, and holding off, well... Now everything is coming around. I need to get back on track. I started working two months ago, two months ago. I make a whopping, I mean, I really don't want to disclose the figure, but it's not much, okay? And um, I'm so far behind, and especially not having any shows. In only two months, I'm still struggling just to get back on my feet with these bills that I have now.
1: Okay, and uh, I'm sorry about that. But this is money that's been owed for quite some time, and she wants a judgment so that she knows you're going to have to pay her. Um, how did, why did you guys break up, Ms. Um, Skina?
4: We broke up because we were just not compatible. Um, it, it just wasn't working out. We're not compatible. I mean, it was fun. It was a fun ride. But, you know, the party's over. Uh so we're not dating anymore and the last time that I saw Mike uh at the end of August he left explosively swearing and yelling at me you, robin and that was the last time I ever saw him and the last time I spoke to him on the phone he hung up on me so that was the end of the relationship for me
1: That'll do it. Um and y- what's your version?
5: What's my version I did. I did say a thing, but I, I, I didn't hang up on her. She actually hung up on me. And then, um, you know, I tried contacting her a few times since then to, to, she will not answer any texts because I was trying to rectify the situation and she would just avoid all my texts, all my phone calls, never answered back. Um, and my cousin had t-shirts and she, we were selling some of those t-shirts and she was, I was letting her hold on to the money for my cousin. Well, I asked her about the money that she, you know, my cousin, she had put on the side for my cousin. And she would not reply to me. She never sent it to me. And it, I don't see it being deducted from the sixteen fifteen that I owe her. This is my cousin's money. It's not my money. And, I, you know, two could play that game. And that's why I, I said, you know, I'm not going to continue trying to call her if she's not going to make good on what she owes my cousin.
1: No, but that's your cousin would have to sue her if he feels that she owes him something. I can only handle what is in front of me. I know you're surprised, and uh, according to you and your answer to the complaint, you finish your answer with, I cannot believe she's taken it this far. The plaintiff is going to wish we stayed friends once I make it as a musician.
5: Well, you know, I I was no longer a commodity for (laughs) her. She said to me at one point I was a commodity for her. I was an investment commodity. for her, and as soon as that inve- yeah and as soon as that investment and in, went sour, and uh, I no longer had work as a musician, I was no longer viable for her, as far as I'm concerned. That's how I feel.
1: Well, maybe. That's how. That's maybe how she'll it felt regret to it. Me. Maybe she won't. But in the meantime, I do need to enter an order for the remaining balance that is owed of judgment for the plaintiff in the amount of one thousand six hundred and fifteen dollars and twelve cents. I wish you both lots of luck.
6: Thank you,
7: Elon. So the plaintiff gets a judgment, Mr. Turgeon. Let me ask you a question. You mind if I ask how old you are at this point?
5: 55.
7: You know, you said she's gonna be sorry once you make it as a musician. I mean, the question really is how long are you gonna try and keep making it as a musician before you realize, you know, it might not happen for you?
5: I mean, who's to say what age it takes to become you know full fu for five years I was I made a full-time job out of it and I lived meagerly but I lived but I enjoyed my life and I was happy so it's not money that makes me happy
7: all right good luck to you but you got to pay the plaintiff uh, Ms canna how yeah. do you feel about this are you glad you filed the lawsuit or are you are you sorry for him or how do you feel
4: I'm glad that I filed the lawsuit I mean it was an agreement. He borrowed the money. We had a payment schedule. He agreed to it. He has had three jobs since I've known him, and he's been fired from them. So, you know, he says he's just a musician. He does a lot more and has a lot more opportunity that he just uh, doesn't seem to put too much time into. All
7: right. Well, I'm sorry it didn't work out for you guys. But anyway, as you said, it was a good trip while it lasted. All right. Let's see what the judges have to say now.
8: I'm glad you got a chance to listen to the music before you heard the case, because I did as well. I got a quick listen on Spotify. are good. I got to tell you, the guy has an amazing voice. He has a what great
1: voice. Like the next time we're another, in Connecticut, we may seek right. them out. If you can quit your day job and be right. a full-time musician, You kind of have made it. Not everyone is Bruce Springsteen. No. You know, so if you can pay
8: the bills, uh, if you can pay
1: the bills just with gigs, then you're a full time musician and and you're living your best life.
8: Absolutely. But I mean, here we have obviously it's a loan. There's no real dispute that it was a loan and it's got to be repaid. But COVID has just wrecked the live music industry. All these people and live entertainers who normally are going to small venues, medium venues, big venues. There's no place to play. No, no. Well, you and I have tickets to see a show, uh, a concert, in September of 2021. 2021, and I'm like, well, maybe, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll be in the clear and we'll actually go to this concert. Or we'll have a great time and and we'll hear some awesome music.
3: Yeah. So Betty wants to know this. Hey Army. If you purchase a meal from a church preparing meals for a fundraiser and you get food poisoning and end up hospitalized, sorry for laughing there, uh, can you sue for medical bills and lost wages from work? Well, even if it's a charity, if they're serving food and the food is spoiled and they had reason to know that, if they are negligent, in other words, the answer is yes. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case, Inside the Courtroom.
9: got your happy price price line
2: this is the plaintiff eureka hopkins she says she gave the defendant a deposit for a baby shower she was throwing for her daughter and when it was canceled she wanted a refund the defendant said she already bought the balloons and spent the money come on two months in advance she's suing for six hundred dollars the amount she paid This is the defendant Shamiko Williams. She says the plaintiff rescheduled the baby shower. then she canceled it altogether. Deposits are non-refundable. She's not returning our money and thinks the judge will agree. She's accused of being a
3: party pooper. All parties. Please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court next case on the docket. The plaintiff says that she wants a refund. Uh, for the money that she paid the defendant, who was a party planner, because the baby shower she was planning had to be canceled because of COVID. But the defendant says the plaintiff changed the date first and then tried to cancel the party, but deposits are non-refundable, so sorry. It's the case of what party pooper.
1: Thank you, Douglas. You are welcome. Okay, Ms. Hopkins, talk to me. What happened here?
6: Well, my daughter was expecting her, my first grandchild, her first child, and I wanted to give her a nice baby shower. Um, I saw some reviews on Miss Williams with well, the defendant on Facebook. So I contacted her and asked her, you know, about her services. I told her what we had in mind, what the theme, the colors, the idea would be. She said she could accommodate it. She sent me an invoice. Um, I accepted the terms of the invoice, um, and the next step was to meet. Because um, she wanted to meet to do the deposit, I gave her a, d- a deposit of 600. Now it was more than. Why what did was you required. give her a
1: deposit? Yeah. Why did you give her more than what was required?
6: Well, I was just pretty much trying to cut not all the costs down so that when the time came, you know, I was giving more. You know, yeah, the caterer and everything. That's never. Her, ne- that's
1: never. You know what? Take it and put it in a lockbox somewhere and uh, swallow the key if you're afraid you're gonna get to it. If you pay more than what's necessary, that's more you gotta fight for later. Never, ever, 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 ever put more of a deposit than is required.
6: All right, go, so go on. So what we met, and um, we went over the, you know, the amount of tables. We, she pretty much showed me where everything would be set. She showed me in her phone pictures of tablecloths and um, the runners and everything, and I said, okay, that would be perfect. We chose the colors, and everything was all set. And then all heck broke loose. The pandemic just went wild. How many people were going to be at this event? I think it was 80, 80 people.
1: Okay, so it was a big shower. Okay. Yes.
6: I kept in touch with the VFW, but Miss um, Pat reached out to me from the VFW, and she said uh, we can't give any showers. Um, um, I think everybody was hoping this would come and go as quickly, you know, as it came and.
1: Yeah, I remember. Yeah, oh, by Easter. Right.
6: So yeah. Right. So everybody, she said, well, what we can do so we can offer you a date of April the 11th. I said, well, let me get in touch with the cake as well as miss the defendant and make sure that that doesn't work.
1: And then at some point, it's obvious that there can be no party, certainly not an 80 person party. Did they offer to you to do a smaller party or they just said we're done? No parties.
6: No, they they Ms. Pat advised me that they weren't even able to feed the veterans anymore. They had to the close down completely. Okay.
1: So you contact Ms. Williams, and, so you got your money back from the VFW, right? And from other veterans, they vendors, sent me correct? a refund, right? Everybody. Right away. So Ms. Williams is the only one who held on to the money, and when you contact her, she tells you what?
6: She pretty much says that sorry, there's no refunds. Um, she said that she she had said she'd give you the 130
1: to. extra that you paid that you didn't have to like the advance payment, but I that, that was it. Right. Ms. Right. Williams, let me talk to you and ask you, why is it you won't return the money? You know that um, she can't have the party that you were helping her to plan. You know that, and it's not her fault that she can't have, it, it's not like she changed her mind, it's that Correct. there's a pandemic.
9: Right, exactly. Um, well, I had, the services for Ms. Hopkins started on February the 11th, and the invoice that she received broke down everything that was included in her invoice which included email support phone support um, consultations um, planning which i did the planning i went and did a site visit with her all of this was prior to the pandemic so there was some there were some services rendered to ms hopkins prior to the pandemic so that's I mean, why it's really I, just I signing
1: it. the contract and finding out what she wants. That's it. And you've kept 50% of the fee. That's a lot no. for what you're saying. I see some receipts okay. for items that you purchased. Are those yes. items that you, I, did you end up getting those or did you cancel the purchase?
9: No, no. I actually received them. I, I have them. I still have them. They Some of them, the linen was taken out the pack and ironed and when she, when she rescheduled, her party, the linen and stuff was t- taken out and prepped because the linen takes time to prep. So I prepped the linen, and I still how had much to, time does to...
1: linen take to press? I've been pressing linen my whole well, life. I, I mean,
9: well, I have I have multiple clients, so it's not like she's my only. She was my only client, so I had to. start- I understand,
1: that's I'm I'm interested in that because if you have multiple clients, why did you have to purchase linens? Why didn't you already have linens?
9: Because the colors that she re- the colors that she was requested, I did not have on hand, and I I explained okay. that to her, which is why I show her the pictures of the linen that I will be ordering what was the color? in my phone. It was like a bubblegum pink and maybe like a royal purple. It wasn't like a regular purple, and it wasn't a regular pink. Okay, pink. Yes. okay. they were, they and, were specific um,
1: right? But she doesn't get to keep them. Let's assume there wasn't a pandemic and there was a baby shower you would keep them and have them on, in your stock, right? So there's some value to the linens to you.
9: Well, I always offer the client to, to take whatever they want to, to take.
1: Wait, you just finished As, telling me that if, he, if she had picked the color you had in stock, you wouldn't have had to order anything. Look, it's well, a pandemic, Ms. Williams. It's a pandemic. Uh, you knew it was an 80 percent party. I know that your business is hurting like crazy. And I also no. know that the plaintiff is... Everybody's hurting. So it isn't who's hurting more. That's not the analysis. The legal analysis is are you able to perform the contract? And if you're not, is it unfair to make you absorb the cost that you've incurred? But when you look at me and say, I'm keeping $600 because I had to meet with her, there was a lot of consultations and they all gave the money back.
9: I never told her that I was keeping her money. I offered to um, Reschedule her event. Her She was offered a full credit of her $600 for a future event. And I also offered her um, a partial refund of $135, which, which which is what she paid over her deposit. So I never planned on just not doing anything for her or rendering my services. I offer her a full no, credit. No, I, I
1: understand. But you're, when you, got, you guys plan events all the time. So you think that there's right. people who just plan events all the time. Some people don't plan events all the time. And the baby, you know what? The baby didn't wait. The baby came. So there's no like, oh, let's wait until the pandemic's over in 2021 and have a baby shower. We're in a situation where you can't perform the thing that she needed you to perform because there's no party event to set up for to do because the VFW won't do it because you're under orders in your state not to do it. So there's a problem. Now, let me look at the receipts for the items that you ended up getting
9: and can you also take a look at the invoice because the invoice breaks down that everything that was included in her services and which included the consultation, the site visit, the email, the phone support, which okay, is. OK, the site when you say the site
1: visit, that's just because you told her to meet you at the site in order for her to give you the deposit. Right. No, no She,
9: no, ma'am. she so Miss Hopkins contacted me on February 11th, So she had decided she would be booking me for her services. At that time, the deposit would have been due on February the 11th. But Miss Hopkins asked me if she can pay it on the 21st. So the the site visit okay. was done on the same day as the deposit was paid because that's what she had asked me.
1: Okay, I get it, Miss Williams. I understand. You put a little, you put some effort into this. You made the orders. You met with her. You got what she wanted. She explained what she wanted. You took the time and you placed the orders. You got the orders in. I see that from looking at the invoices. That's worth something. It's not worth $600 because the real thing someone hires you for is the actual party. And every event planner knows that's what they're hired for. So I am looking at the amount that she paid you. I am going to allow you to keep some of that for your efforts, but I am not going to allow you to keep all of it because your policy is that it's non-refundable. This is an act of God, which is also something to consider here. This is something where it is impossible for you to perform, and she hired you to perform. So we're done. I'm going to allow you to keep $200 of the $600. I'm going to order you to pay the remaining $400 to Ms. Hopkins, and I wish you both luck.
7: So the plaintiff prevails. She's going to get the bulk of her deposit back, not all of it. She gets 400 instead of 600. Ms. Williams, you heard the judge's explanation. What do you think about it?
9: I mean, I think it's fair because I I never wanted to keep her $600. I want that to be on the record. I never wanted to keep her $600. I offered her a partial refund and a full credit. So um, the judge gave a, a fair ruling. A partial refund was, was, is what I was offering. Is what she's getting, so.
7: Well, I mean, look, she won the case, so it was good for her, Ms. Hopkins. Obviously making, uh, you know, the effort to file a lawsuit worked out for you. You glad you did it? Yes.
6: Yes, I'm glad I did it. Um, I just want to say that she's very talented. Her her work looks great. It was just a matter of principle. I had no control over national pandemic, and, and my daughter had her baby on April. Like the judge said, there's no way I could give a baby shower with a $600 credit in April, uh, in 2021. Who who wants to do that? So I'm just glad it's, it's over with.
7: All right, well, good enough. The judge totally agrees with you. No question about that. Congratulations. You're going to get $400 back. All right, let's see what the judges think about this now. Time for another session of After the Verdict.
8: Ms Hopkins was offered a refund of one hundred and thirty five dollars right not
1: four hundred right
8: and you <laughs> ended up giving her four hundred and yeah. you decided I guess that there was a little bit that was earned, right?
1: yeah, um, because she's out a lot of she's out some money from right. the special type of orders, right. but she's not out all that money because she also is able to use that for the next party, so right. I had to kind of just you know, do a little rough justice.
8: Certainly. And another thing that you pointed out in this case early on when you found out that Ms. Hopkins overpaid is that, you know, every transaction between a consumer and a vendor or someone like this is a potential battle, unfortunately. You have to look at it as, you know, there could things could go wrong. So you never want to give up your leverage. If you were a, a general and you're fighting a battle, you wouldn't give up the high ground early on. And she had no reason to give up the extra money. People do and that all lose, the time. lose leverage if Or things they pay go wrong.
1: entirely in advance and then they have right. no hammer. Right. It's crazy. I've been saying this for 20-something years. Exactly. Don't Don't give, overpay don't, your deposit. Right.
8: Don't give away your leverage. So Cindy wants to know this.
3: Hey, Harvey. My neighbor is feeding five feral cats and they have made my garden their litter box. My community doesn't allow trapping any longer. What should I do because they have ruined my beautiful garden? Hey, here's the problem. Generally, cats are not subject to the leash law. So there's no automatic liability there if the cat's pooping in your plants. Uh, However, I would make the argument that if the cat's roaming, and you can prove the cat's the one that's causing the damage, and somebody's got to pay, and somebody's got to win and lose, I would at least make the argument, but sorry, no guarantees, Cindy. That'll do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom.
2: This is the plaintiff, Raphael James Anzalone. He says he purchased a white 1990 Corvette with red interior and brought it to the defendant for repair. He fixed the head gasket and gave him a one-year warranty. About 11 months later, he had a leak. The defendant didn't honor his warranty. And he's here suing for the $5,000 he paid him for the repairs and for the loss of use of the Corvette for eight long months. This is the defendant, James Cusenza. He says he gave the plaintiff a 90-day warranty and would have honored any problem with his work within that time period. Now, 11 months later, the very rude, disrespectful guy is trying to get him to repair his car for free? No way. He's accused of no vroom, vroom.
3: All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says he brought his cherry red 1990 Corvette Stingray to the defendant's shop and says the guy ruined it. But the defendant says he fixed the guy's car 11 months ago and now he's coming back expecting free work on a new engine problem? No way! It's the case of no vroom vroom for you. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome.
1: Okay, Mr. Anzalone, how is it that you ended up giving your business to Mr. Cusenza?
10: I brought it to my local mechanic, and uh, it's a major engine work. That's not something they do, so they referred me to do the repairs.
1: Okay, and what kind of car was this? A
10: 1990 Corvette.
1: 1990? Yes. What color? I want to imagine it in my head.
10: Uh, white with a red interior.
1: Oh, it's got to be beautiful. <laughs> So you take it over to him in order to do what? What did you think needed doing?
10: Well, I've had experience with this kind of stuff before, and uh, as soon as it starts blowing white smoke, it's pretty much either a bad head or a bad head gasket. So that was kind of what I okay. thought, and uh, I brought it into him, and he 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 uh, checked the car out and said, "Yeah, the head gasket is blown." All right. And, they and then the they capsule.
1: repair it. And what month and year was that 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 repair took place?
10: It was in. Uh, November
1: of 2018. 2018. All right. Right. So when did you notice a problem? Because that took care of it for a while, right? There was no more white smoke until when?
10: That's right. Till uh, um, about 11 months later. So. All
1: right. So now it's 11 months later. We're in 2019. And what happens?
10: Well, I told him there was a problem with the car. And he says, OK, uh, you can bring it in, but I'm busy right now. So just give me a couple of days and you can bring it in. And that kind of thing went on for a couple of weeks. He kept telling me he had things he was working on, couldn't take the car in to look at it. And, uh, you know, it just kept stalling me. So, you know, at one point I finally said, I finally said, you know what, the car's sitting in front of my house. I can't do anything with it. So I had it towed to his place. Figured now it's there. At least when he has an opportunity, he can repair it.
1: When did you tow it? What's the date of the tow? When did you tow it to his place?
10: In December of 2019.
1: In December of 2019. That would be 13 months later, but according to you, you had been complaining for months before that. Um, right. So then let me ask you a question. What ends up happening?
10: He, I went there after the car sat there for weeks and weeks. So I went there, and I said, when, when are you going to fix my car? She said, I'm not going to touch your car. I'm not doing anything on it.
1: Did he tell you why?
10: He just said, I'm not doing it. He didn't tell me why. He just said, I'm not doing it. So I'm and like... And then
1: you said, I, I have, have a warranty, one... and he said what?
10: Right. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to touch the car. That's all he said. He didn't say Nothing anything. Nothing
1: else. He said, I'm not going to okay. touch the car. Right. So, Mr. Cusenza, why wouldn't you touch the car? According to him, it was still under warranty, and you were supposed to take a look at what happened, and et cetera, et cetera. Why wouldn't you touch the car?
11: Well, it wasn't under warranty because his warranty was for 90 days and he brought me the car 11 of 18 and then the car came back 12 of 19 and he thinks he had a one year okay. warranty there's nothing on paperwork that shows that it's clearly stated on the, the paperwork what does the paperwork show 90 days
1: well let me ask you this did you did you tell him you'd take a look at the car like why is he dumping it why is he towing it to your place i mean
11: well when he called me in december 4th of 19 he had a coolant leak he didn't know where the coolant leak was going so we brought the car in and he had a coolant leak from underneath his uh reserve bottle going to his he- heater core so we repaired that we put an antifreeze in it but at that point the engine already overheated several times because he couldn't find where the coolant leak was coming or going so once we fixed that charged him he paid me for it he took the car away that was in december he calls me January in 20 that the car is smoking again, and I told him, well, the chances are that the car overheated when we fixed the heater hoses prior to you even bringing it to me, because you couldn't find a coolant leak. So then he brings the car and parks it in front of my shop. This is now January, beginning of February, somewhere in that area. And then uh, it was cold. We didn't have a chance to look at the car, but... He even knew that the car overheated, and we had to probably replace the head gaskets once again.
1: Let me understand something, um, Mr. Anzalone. I- I'm trying to understand you. Where where do you get that you have a one year warranty?
10: He told me that, and by my
1: no, what? what per- hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. Warranties are in writing. Where do you have in writing anywhere where you have a one year warranty?
10: Well, I would tell you that the head gasket. If you
1: no that's not my, that's purchase. an answer to a question asking something about a head gasket I'm asking you to prove to me the a very integral fact in your case which is I have a one-year warranty prove that
10: well I could get testimony from people that that you know know that he gave me a one-year warranty uh, I had my shop that I, I usually deal with said, oh, he's got to fix that. That would just be
1: hearsay. That's somebody else saying, oh, he should fix that. That's not evidence. Can I ask you a question? Do you have any evidence that it's a 90-day warranty, Mr. Cazenza? I do. Where's your evidence?
11: At the bottom of the page, down here.
1: This is the original invoice from uh, November of 18. Where does it say the 90-day warranty thing? I
11: Scroll it up a little. More up.
1: Yep, right here.
11: That's right. where it says
1: it. So let me ask you, uh, Mr. Anzalone, show me your copy of your original uh, paperwork with the defendant from November of 2018. Can you put it up it's to the, the same camera copy. a second? Yeah, does it say 90-day warranty on yours? Yes. Okay, so if it's a 90-day warranty, Whoa. then what did he do wrong? What, what duty to you did he violate that would mean that he has to pay you? What is it you're suing for here, Five grand? Yeah, five grand. Yeah. Why would he have to pay you five grand if you had a 90-day warranty and you brought it to him a year later?
10: Uh, and I understand that's in writing, but he verbally told me, you have a one-year warranty on this work. I mean, it's $3,500 I'm paying him. And you're just going to give me 90 days on that?
1: I don't know. That's a deal you struck. I wouldn't strike that deal. I would, I would insist on, if I saw in writing that it was a 90-day warranty, and if he told me it was a 90-day warranty, I'd say, well, I'm not going to do the work with you. So anybody could strike any deal they want. But obviously the price was good because you accepted a 90 day warranty. What you're doing is you're coming into court and telling me I'm special. Everybody else has to abide by their own paperwork, but not me. I don't have to abide by a 90-day warranty because he shouldn't have done that and he should stand by his product a year later. You know, I mean Yeah, but also, ha- also how? the head
10: gasket. The head gasket, which is the integral part of this repair, has a one year warranty on it. And that I, that I have documented.
1: You're saying the head gasket has a year. Are you referring to the head gasket he put in? That you have proof yes. that the head gasket itself, the part itself? Mr. Cousenza, does that piece itself have a year warranty? No. From that third party that you bought it from?
11: No. There is no warranty on a head gasket.
1: Okay. Mr. Anzalone, are you referring to the head gasket yes. that this gentleman installed? having yes. a one-year warranty? Are you referring to the head gasket yes. that you're going to buy now? Okay, so this no. is, is this a document that the defendant gave you? No. Where did you get that document? I'm just,
10: uh, honestly, Judge, I, he bought the head gasket. I don't have proof of right. the head gasket he bought. Right, so, but, ju-
1: Mr. Andalone, do you understand the, di- put the paper down, do you understand the difference between telling me, hey, head gaskets should have a one-year warranty, and telling me, hey, he should have given me a one-year warranty, and you actually having one? Do you understand the difference between it? Because that's the problem we're yes. having. You negotiated what you did, and this thing you signed said it's a 90-day warranty. It doesn't become a bigger one because you go somewhere else, and somewhere else is willing to give you a one-year warranty. It doesn't. So my verdict in this case is for the defendant.
7: Well, the plaintiff loses the case because he does not have a one-year warranty. He'll had a 90-day warranty. Let's see what he has to say about this. Mr. Anzalone,
10: what do you think? Well... I have on paper a 90-day warranty, but he told me, and I was told by several other shops, oh, he'll give you a one-year warranty. And that's what I was told I was getting, a one-year warranty. I was told that verbally. Yeah, but- I know verbal is harder to prove than written, but he gave me a one-year warranty on the on the work. But you didn't have proof of that. Right. I know. So his word is good
7: for nothing. Well, it, you have to go by the paperwork, and that's what the judge goes by. So, unfortunately... Oh. In court, you have a 90-day warranty, and that's it. Let's, let, let's ask Mr. Cusanza what he thinks about it. Mr. Cusanza, did you ever say you had anything more than the 90-day warranty for him?
11: No, that's all I give on, on, on repairs of any kind.
7: 90 days, that's it? Nine, 90
11: days. I mean, do you feel sorry for him at all? No, I don't feel sorry. The problem is, when we do a job, especially head gaskets and overheating, We cannot warranty that because it already overheated on the gentleman before I even met him, before we saw the car. How can we give a a warranty longer than 90 days knowing that there's a chance that within that year he's going to overheat it again?
7: All right, well, that's uh, that's the way the judge has seen it, and that's the way the case is going to end. The plaintiff loses the case, and uh, Mr. Cousenza, congratulations, the defendant. You prevail. All right, let's see what the judges have to say about that now. Time for another session of After the Verdict.
8: The plaintiff in this case gets a piece of paper from the defendant who's putting in the head gasket, and it says right on there 90-day warranty. If he didn't want 90 days parts and labor warranty, he could have struck it out and said, what are you talking about? We, you just we, told me it was a year.
1: Oh, there's a mistake on this 690? paper right, right above his signature. Right, so that's yeah, a problem. Do you think that actually happened, that the guy actually said uh, one year? I yeah. doubt it. I doubt you'd it, too. you go out of
8: business pretty fast if you didn't give 90 days, at the most, parts and labor on this type of repair. Right, nobody's talking giving about, a year. We're talking I mean, about or at a least 30-year-old he it, car too. I mean, when you buy a 30-year-old car, you're gambling, you're throwing the dice with a high-mileage 30-year-old car that things are going to be okay for a while, you're not going to have major problems. And certainly the head gasket, it's interesting that the defendant said, hey, I had replaced the heater hose. Look, these cars, when they overheat, you can damage the engine in ways that he might never have seen. There could be a warped engine block. There could be a cracked engine block. He could have done things wrong. He could have improperly torqued the head bolts. He could have not cleaned the surfaces where the two parts made But well, when would that
1: come out? Now you
8: can't know. You they're, can't. they're time bombs. But 30-year-old car. Right. That's 210 dog years. <laughs> That's an old car. Okay, that is going to do it for this
3: session of The People's Court. We'll see you next time.